Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Oh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I have to say, when I was watching last night, I felt like shame. I'm like, why don't I remember some of these people? (laughs) And then I realized I was deputy White House chief of staff at the time and couldn't keep up with The Batch, so I gave myself a break. so weird. Well, it's like how, like, I'm so busy covering The Bachelor that I just don't have time to keep up with what's going on in the White House. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about The Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. So we are back. It feels like we were just here yesterday. I'm so tired. I'm like, we were just here yesterday. We were, and I'm emotionally exhausted today. Like, I feel like it's been a year between yesterday's pod and today's pod because we all had to live through a two hour screaming match. I can't believe that some people watch this episode when they are not professionally required to watch it. But we were <laughs> or heavily to watch intoxicated. It. <laughs> exactly. We were required to watch it and we're going to break it all down. Today we're joined by a very special guest, Alyssa uh, Mastromonaco, New York Times bestselling author. Her new book, So Here's the Thing, Notes on Growing Up, Getting Older and Trusting Your Gut, came out yesterday. Yay! And if you buy a copy today, all proceeds go to RAIN. RAIN, the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network. They are also the ones that run the the national hotline. They do incredible work. 93 cents of every dollar goes to helping survivors. That's something that we support. Uh, So today's a great day to, to check out the book. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. You guys, I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to have you. This feels like long overdue. I'm out of the closet. I'm a full, (laughs) hardcore Bachelor survivor. And when people texted me, you're smarter than this, I said, no, I'm not. (laughs) Who's smarter than this? No one. None of us. I I only appreciate this show because I'm so smart. Exactly. (laughs) Delish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, unfortunately, last night was kind of like a brain <laughs> all, blender. All over the place. Um, a lot of crosstalk. Okay, I have a question. Just, I was thinking about Women Tell All and the structure of it and how this it's, this issue of women just screaming over each other seems to get worse every year. Or maybe I'm just, like, getting older and more aware of it. Is there anything we think that could be done to, like, 
change up the format a little bit and make it less painful. I mean, maybe they should just give the ladies a little less alcohol before they go on. Ooh. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of fireball shots are happening, I, I feel think. like when Demi asked for a shot that it maybe wasn't the first one. I mean, those ladies are juiced up. Maybe it's yeah. steroids and they're roided up. I don't know. But there's something going they're on. They're, like, yeah. juiced up in combination with uh, the promise of paradise if they stir some shit. I think they need a conch shell that paradise. they can hold. A talking, a talking stick. A talking <laughs> stick or shell or because we, skull of an ex-contestant. We like, have to assume we they already know who the new bachelorette is. So everyone's uh. just competing for silver and bronze right now in paradise. I do wonder, though, if they probably had a couple girls sign contracts. Yeah. And they are, so they probably have, I would guess, like, Kaylin and Hannah Yes. And maybe one or two, like, of the girls who are still technically left on the show. So after Hannah B's metamorphosis last night, <laughs> do we think, I mean, she went super meta. Do we think that she's going to go to the batch in paradise? I feel like it would I be think, a real left turn, you know? Yeah. No, I think Bachelorette. Oh, she, I just, oh. She and Kaylin, she and Kaylin, and we'll get into this, but she and Kaylin, to me, both had the sort of potential Bachelorette edits. It was like their audition time. Um, and then, yeah, probably Hannah G or, you know, whoever doesn't. I mean, not Cassie. We're going to get yeah, into Yeah, we'll get it, into that. But okay. But I, first, okay. there were a lot of women on last night that I didn't remember. Yes. Me too. Yeah. You want to run down the list, Claire? Okay. So Colton's ladies, Alex B, Brie, Tajwan, who Chris just called Taj, uh, which is unusual to announce someone with a nickname that is not the name that they use in their Chiron. I think that might have been that. her nickname in the show. That's, I could be remembering wrong with that. I don't remember I that. It was just sort of weird. Um, next, uh, Jane, Alex D, Nina, Angelique, Tracy, Katie, Caitlin, Catherine, Nicole, Sydney, Courtney, Heather, Onyeka, Hannah B, Kerpa, Demi, Caitlin. I'm going to say I had no idea who anyone was up until about Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> Like Yeah, I think Nina was the one who fled war-torn Bosnia. Yes. No, I, I did remember Alex that. Alex D, B. Alex D is sloth. Right. Alex B was the one who lost her voice. Dogs. Brie was the Australian accent. Right. Uh, Jane was the one who had a lot of opinions, even though she wasn't there for she was, any She was actually the least memorable of all of those, like, first night, second <laughs> night women. I only remembered her because she had two names. Remember? It's like, her name is Adrian, but she goes by Jane. I had no memory of that even. <laughs> I like, didn't either. Also, that doesn't make I sense. I was like, was I not here for the whole season? I watch everything. <laughs> I DVR it in case I think I missed something so I could go back. And I was like, who are these women? Yeah. They're, I mean... I always forget how quickly I'm going to forget these women. I'm like, I'll remember. But doesn't it feel like the season is shorter? Like it I, is shorter. I think it right? is shorter. It, it is, is shorter. because we yeah. used to keep the women. At first, I'm like, is this early onset dementia? Like, is there a reason I'm 43? Is it perimenopause? I can't remember anything. But then I'm like, they have to have been like more like 15 episodes and not like eight or nine. There are, uh, yeah. This I is one w- one shorter than usual. It's yeah. usually 12 weeks. Really? And, yeah, and this is a 10 or 11. But our bodies are just so locked into the, like, rhythm of the show that they take out one episode, and we're all like, oh, my gosh. I mean, yeah, we might have remembered some of those castaways had they been around one episode longer. Yeah. Exactly. Um, they always bring back a lot of Night One girls who have nothing to say. 
well, they have a lot to say, but nothing to contribute. And that is the problem. <laughs> Uh, Elise is not there, uh, some people noticed. Apparently she had a wedding. I believe it was like a destination wedding, not Wait, her own. Elise was Disney World, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, she went I to noticed. the theme park with She Cole. was another yeah. cougar. Maybe she didn't want to be cougared yeah. again on national TV. Well, she dated someone younger than her, then by definition she just is a cougar. <laughs> a cougar, one year younger. Yeah, yeah. there's nothing that can cook. be done. I mean, it's true, like men need to be older. Yeah, it was just nice to learn last night, like I have been a cougar. It's like I didn't mm-hmm. even know, but now I can own that. It's like, again. As I've mentioned before on the show, I have in fact been called a cougar for hooking up with someone less than a year younger than me. <laughs> so, uh, felt pretty familiar. <laughs> Uh, just a 21-year-old cougar back then. So uh, uh, Chris kicks things off with a supercut of famous breakups and breakdowns in Bachelor history. Did any of you, anyone find it weird that, like, Becca and Ari's breakup and, like, Peter and Rachel's weren't Maybe in there? Maybe those felt too fresh. They're too fresh. They're too, <laughs> too soon, was, too soon. Right. It was a real just walk down memory lane, and they're not quite a memory yet. Right. Well, that's the thing. There are some of these that I really had kind of forgotten. I feel like we yeah. hadn't rewatched Des and, and uh, Brooks's in oh, a while. And love it. I think yesterday we had some. We were like, I don't think he definitely, she definitely was going to pick Brooks. But in the clip, she, she says, say. "I wanted to give my heart to you," which explains maybe why, on some level, I felt very convinced. Although I didn't remember that scene at all. Yeah, no, was I, I, I was struck by that. I didn't remember that, but that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and that was such a heartbreaking breakup. We saw, like, of course, the full Mesnick. Yeah. The crying over the balcony. Allie and Frank, which I had not seen in a very long time. I never watched Allie's season. I had seen, like, I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I wasn't watching at that point. Yeah. Uh, Kirk and Carly, which was, like, a real, that one really broke my heart. Yeah. I have to say, when I was watching last night, I felt like shame. I'm like, why don't I remember some of these people? <laughs> and then I realized I was uh, deputy White House chief of staff at the time and couldn't keep up with the batch, so I gave oh, myself a break. So weird. Yeah. Like, so did I just you gave more important things to be dealing <laughs> with? Not anymore. <laughs> well, it's like how like I'm so busy covering the Bachelor that I just don't have time to keep up with what's going on in the White House. You know? <laughs> yeah. so I will tell you, this is more stimulating than what's going on in the White House. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more like brain yeah. cells to rub together in Bachelor Mansion. Um, so uh, we are basically setting the scene to talk a little bit about the fence jump, which all the women just watched. Mm-mm-mm. You know, presumably for the first time with everyone else last night. No, because this was not, this was filmed before. Oh, right. So You're I was right. thinking they yeah, must have had idiot. to spoil the whole live audience. They were, they probably watched it right in real before, time. Yeah. Like right before. So they ha- were all seeing that devoid of context too for the first time. Um, and he's just like, ladies, who wants to talk about this? Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You have a lot of insight into Colton's psyche. Um, oh, Colton's psyche. It's a whole college class. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the women are all just like, wow, that was so raw. I don't know how he could ever date the other women now that he did that. He, he will not be, I think. Well, we'll see. <laughs> um, and uh, at this point, we get an interstitial shot of Colton in the shower. There were a lot. What's wrong with this whole thing? <laughs> There's something very, very dystopian Do you about feel it. like yeah. they're just... Trying to convince us that he's sexual. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That that was. And I gotta tell you, I read on it. The old shower shot 
the shiny shower shot doesn't convince me that he's sexual because he looks uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I too would be uncomfortable if there was a camera zooming in every time I like put like, soap on my body. Yeah. I have to tell you, do you guys like every time I see him, mostly anytime, even with clothes on, all I see is that he is actually the living, breathing intro to paradise. Remember, they like throw the ball at him and he's like, zoink, scoop, I missed it. <laughs> That's who he is. No, it really is. And then he's like, nailed it. Nah. Yeah, he would have been that like quintessential jock, like in like the 50s, like Greece style. Like, where yes. he's like running the track all blonde. Gidget's and, like, boyfriend, Moondoggy. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's who Colton would have been, except not sexual. He really is the quintessential, like, he's hot, but he doesn't have game sort of no. sort of jock. Uh, some women find that appealing. Uh, me, for example. <laughs> uh, I'm like, he's so innocent. It's adorable. Uh, but it, it is, like, the shower shot started to get to me because it, it started somehow to feel like a weird reversal of the, like, locker room sexploitation yes. flick. Yes, yeah. Like, which is a connection I'd never really explicitly made before. And I was like, this is like Porky's. It's like, kind of like the cool. only place any Me Too movement has not made is the set of The Bachelor. Yeah. I mean, just like everything's just a little bit like 10 years. <laughs> 10 years. Yeah, they, they move at a slow They're like, slow. it's subversive because we're doing it to a man. So. <laughs> and in plain sight. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's progressive. But I think then we can all agree. when they brought out, not to jump ahead, the Halo Top ice cream. Which he ate in the shower. That was so uncomfortable. Yeah. And I like Halo Top. I may never eat it again. It was like it was like when my cat got all her teeth out and she couldn't really keep things in her mouth. Oh my god. Yeah, that's what it looked like. A great combination of hot cascading water and a melting melting non ice cream ice dairy. cream. Yeah. yeah, product. Yum. Uh so that was great. We have to definitely talk about that uh <laughs> later. But um so we start getting into, like, actually talking to the girls about their experience, the women, and uh, they uh, They talk immediately about, devolve into screaming. Almost immediately. Like, they talk a little bit about how hot they thought he was when they got there, how excited they were. Demi says she was excited to explore Colton's virginity and be in control in the bedroom. Like, is it wrong that I was a little turned on? <laughs> I mean, no, but, no. like, I don't need to hear so much about it. <laughs> um, that was one of the more endearing things that Demi said. Uh, and uh, immediately, like, we start getting a super cut of Catherine doing the interrupting, the girls being mad about Catherine interrupting, and then Kaylin and Hannah talking shit about each other. Uh, I forgot all the things that Hannah had said, like that Kaylin is a snake. Yeah, and they really went in on each other at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and Colton getting all the warnings, Nicole and Onyeka's feud. We really just like r- roll back through the greatest They're hits. like, remember how much you hated each other. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I loved the bits where they played all the stuff about people talking shit about Demi and how, like, shocked and appalled she looked. And I was like, Demi, you said worse stuff about 
everyone. In the everyone. House. You That's... called someone a cancer, and like you can't. And now oh, you're. We'll get to that. Someone, someone's just like, oh, she's so juvenile, and she's like, oh my god, how dare <laughs> they? Can you believe? That I just called thing. someone a cancer. That's and like barely then, anything. Did you, you gotta see? Be able to take it when she was in the when when they were she and Courtney were getting into it, and she. I just need to know if you guys picked up on this. And she takes her hand out and pretends it's a phone, and she says, "Security." Do you remember that from Bon Cui Cui? Do you remember Bon Cui Cui? No. The Comedy Central skit? Anyway, no. I was like, is she channeling that? Or did she, which would be rad. Or is she just <laughs> doing that on her own, which would be sad. So I was like. I, I, I'm going to guess the latter. I might have to post <laughs> yeah. it on Twitter later, side by side, and see if I'm wrong. I have a lot of gaps in my cultural knowledge, but um, if it's something that happened. I have to be a honest. Long time ago, oh, on on Mad TV. Yes, Mad TV. I vaguely remember this. And she was yes. she worked at Burger King. You can have your burger your way. Um, <laughs> but also, I will send it because uh, I am much older than you guys, and I think that it may be a little before your time, but maybe not some of the other ladies who enjoy The Bachelor age-appropriately. That's true. Um, I, I would wonder if Demi, you know— is maybe really deep into Mad TV reruns, but she's pretty no. young. Now I thought. Now that <laughs> I thought about it, <laughs> I realized that she just thought she made that up on her own. I mean, she should have called for security because I mean, security. She was in danger. <laughs> um, and uh, Chris starts with Catherine. She's like, "Look, I put my life on hold to come meet Colton, and I kept getting interrupted, and I was there to get to know him." Tajwan is furious. She's like, this is The Bachelor. It's not The Catherine Show. You're canceled. <laughs> and Catherine says, didn't you go home night one? And this really sets the tone for just a really just Cla- a, classy, a, yeah. annoying series of clashes between women I'm not interested in. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Alternate title for women's hello. <laughs> Wait, you guys understand that my dream my dream is that despite being married very happily for the past <laughs> five years almost, that I want to just be on The Bachelor and show up in my caftan and my clogs, <laughs> fucking stoned, and I just want to, like, bring it into those ladies and watch their heads explode being like, wait a minute, she didn't she didn't take Fen-Fen, which I got illegally from Mexico to be really thin and tan. Uh, to get on this show because I just think I, their heads would all explode. They would think it was so unfair that a normal weight middle-aged woman got on. <laughs> well, would be unless... like, where is your microblading, man? <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Honestly, they would probably find it really comforting until you got a rose night one. They'd be, like, they'd be like, what is he looking for? I don't understand. Be like, guys, watch Unreal. The producers are going to make him keep her around because she's the Mrs. Garrett of the house and yeah. she brings peace. And she's going to mess with their heads, yeah. right? It's, they're going to start thinking, like, Be does like, he want sort is of Is this a, what you want? Yeah. Is this you what want, you see for your if life? If you want her, you don't, you want, don't me, want me, a 23-year-old whose main model. interest is her sorority sisters. <laughs> exactly. Um, so Onyeka has decided it's time to have her... Moment in the sun. Her moment. And saying, you know, everyone else was talking shit about each other behind each other's backs. I decided people's faces. Does that make me a bully? My argument is maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We all need to vent sometimes, but like you don't have to like tell people you hate them. Uh, Nicole says, "Well, I really experienced bullying from Anyeka, and it seems like most of the women in the house do not agree." Yeah, it seems like they were not on Nicole's side, and in fact, 
some of them, especially Nina, starts saying, you know, I really was bullied growing up and it is insulting that you think that what you experienced with Onyeko was bullying. And I'm curious what you guys took away from this. I don't know that bullying victim is like an identity in the same way that <laughs> le- like it's not necessarily like an insult to bullying victims to say you felt bullied. Right. If it wasn't as severe. Like I does that make sense? Like there are right. certain situations there are where like of bullying. right. And there are certain situations where claiming a victimization can be insensitive to right. To a group, but like this didn't quite feel like that to me. Um, I'm not. It, it seems a little unclear whether Anyeka was bullying. I mean, ultimately, Anyeka was mean to Nicole. That's right. true. And it seems like some of the women were suggesting that perhaps Nicole was also <laughs> mean. <laughs> I mean, maybe they're all just mean. But also, yeah. can we just for real, for real, for a minute? They're on a contest. This is a contest. They are contestants. Does anyone think they're showing up to this show and that everyone's just going to hold hands and braid each other's hair? I don't really want to hear about their bullying. I don't care. What did you think was going to (laughs) happen? It's like when they start talking about their walls. Really? You got walls. Why'd you come on the show? Did you think being on national television? No, they have to break down the walls yeah. in order to get their great love, who is this one man and, that someone else has picked for them. And you know what? Breaking down those walls on national television, definitely the easiest way to overcome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's why I plan to go on television. I can't wait. So I can, you know, experience my therapy in the public eye. It seems like the... <laughs> Though I will say, come out of it very well adjusted. There was much more therapy in this season than in past seasons. I feel like really, don't you think? Well, it's like we had Hannah Beast, right? Okay, I mean, she just found herself on the show, totally changed, new person, real improvement from real improvement beginning to end. I mean, again, we'll see if she really is improved because if she shows up on the Bachelorette or Bachelor in Paradise, I'm not going to think much of her metamorphosis, (laughs) and then. You know, Kaylin, she shared some deep truths and, Mm -hmm. you know, bared her soul. I just felt, you know, I thought it was a little bit more revelatory, I guess, than past seasons. I think that's true. There were certainly moments. It was like a real whiplash situation for me. Like, I'd be like, wow, that there's growth or like that's something that's really interesting that we haven't seen. And then it was like everyone asked their father's permission to do anything. That and it was just a was, lot of back and forth. I had a lot of a lot of mixed emotions. They should really eliminate that part of the show or at least make it both parents or the family. I don't know. But the the pop, the pop's too much. Mm-hmm. Pop permission. Yeah. No, that and that was really hammered home this season. More so than in past yeah, seasons. Seriously. Um uh, it's that this was all such a maelstrom of yeah. I'm like of how, shouting how do we to, even did go we talk this. did we talk about how Anyeka stands up and delivers a sort of definition of what she thinks bullying is? Yeah, clearly that did she did not like, sound clinical to me. She but. googled dictionary.com <laughs> bullying. She's like, remember this. This will be my moment. And then Chris is like, and then she Nicole. says, she says, can you give one example of when I did that? And Nicole starts to talk, and Anyeka is like, see, thank you. Next. And I was like, she was answering you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't really prove anything. Um, and then Nicole says, this is a great example of bullying, but everyone's busy applauding Anyeka. And then Nicole stands up to say her piece, 
And the only example she can ever come up with is that Onyeka thought she was emotionally unstable because she cried, cried a, lot. a lot, which is not like a pattern of behavior. It seems like one mean comment. Right. So I'm not, again, like this is many, one of many team neithers that, <laughs> that I've. Yeah, a, a whole lot of team neither. Sydney says Onyeka is just there to make noise, and she picked on Nicole because she knew that Onyeka was going home. And Onyeka says, at least I didn't go home like a coward like you did. That didn't make any, any sense. sense. <laughs> How did Sydney go home like a coward? I guess the brave thing is to wait for Colton to, like, reject you, decapitate your courtship yeah. with his broadsword. True like, story. I had to rewind that twice on DVR <laughs> last night. I'm like, did I miss it? What'd I miss? <laughs> None of it made any sense. They taped for like five hours and, and they edited it down to an hour and a half and this of footage. Was the best. And this and that, is what they get. Those were the golden moments. Yes. That's really upsetting. Like, I can only imagine what's on the cutting room floor. Until he starts calling them to the hot seat, 60% of each conversation is unintelligible because they're shouting over each <laughs> no, other. No, it's, it's like a howler monkey party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so unpleasant. Um, and. Uh, Chris, you know, sort of wraps it up because they're all shrieking at each other. Yeah, he keeps being, like, trying to get it under control, and it's just, it's not happening. Yeah, I tried to write down the blow-by-blow, and, like, each sentence does not sequentially (laughs) seem to follow the sentence after it. I'm like, what is the logic here? So Chris is like, too much. Let's come back and and talk about another topic, which is the warnings that were, were given to Colton. So unusual. Never happened before in Bachelor history that, like, five separate women on their way out have been like, Colton, my boy, be cautious. It was like a Grimm's fairy tale. It was. Colton, I must warn you of danger ahead. But also, why does he take that shit seriously? He looks so wounded. He was like, what am I? He got that. Okay, got to talk about this. Did you guys notice that in, like, the last three episodes, his pupils were dilated and never got right again? Did you watch? you got to go back and look. It's weird. It was, like, after (laughs) he started getting some of those warnings, his eyes got really wide. And they just never returned. And they never returned. (laughs) And I saw it last night, and I was like, is it, Alyssa, is it his darker hair that is Mm. making? No, no, I zoomed in. So what would cause that? Fear? I don't know. (laughs) No, no. With Xanax? Because like, <laughs> if I were fight. him, I would be on a lot of Xanax. He's, I, it looked like some sort of like body confusion or paralysis in the fight or flight reaction to what was happening. Oh, Ooh. I mean, what's really, what's happening is that he deep down knows they're talking about Cassie. And he is so like, upset. He's like, I can't. He's like, this is the only person but, I actually like. And yeah. But here's the problem with the whole show and our criticism of some of the women is that one of the women they were constantly warning him about was Gassy. Yeah. <laughs> they were right. Oh, they yeah, were totally they were right. right. But, but also, it doesn't matter because right. he's into her. <laughs> right. That's the thing. I think he knew. And uh, even when he found out that it was definitely Cassie. He was, like, deeply shaken by it, but it didn't make him want to get rid of Cassie. He was just like, is there a way that maybe they're all wrong or I can convince her to love me? And how about when he's like, he was like, but we don't have to get married. We don't have to get engaged. Just stay. We don't have to get engaged. And she was like, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Colton. Yeah, everyone was right about Cassie. Um, But it's just that's not what he was basing his decision on, unfortunately. Um, but this is the first chance we've really had to hear 
from Katie. From Katie, who was kind of the and the instigator. Sort of, the insti- not not, not in a negative way. I mean, she. I don't know. If she, she was, was the, the one, first one, but she, she she's was the one who actually heard the conversation, and that is where the rest came from. Right. She precipitated the the bulk of the warning drama, and uh, and but she was gone when those conversations was were happening, and so. Uh, he asked Katie, Chris asked Katie about it, and she says there were things that people on the show were saying about what they wanted in their lives that were not aligned with what Colton wanted, and I just wanted to warn him about that. And Kaylin pipes up here. Um, Kaylin has a very emotional night, um, and here she says, you know, what you said really affected my relationship with Colton profoundly and I wish that you had named names because instead you threw every relationship in the house under the bus. bus. So what she's implying here is that she assumes thinks that she was not actually one of the people. But she knows she was. was. Right. Really weird. Yeah. um, It was very bizarre. And so Katie is like, well, I was mainly talking about you and Cassie and the Bachelorette conversation that we had heard so much about uh, but not directly from Katie, having to do with one winning and one being the bachelorette happened in, in the bus on the way to Singapore, I think. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Kaylin says, well, we were, like, worried about each other, that, you know, we're best friends. If one of us got engaged, what would it do to our friendship? And so we said if one of us were engaged at the end, not winning, but engaged, sure they, they would winning. want the other person to be bachelorette and find love. And then she says Katie admitted that to her on the phone after they had both gotten off the show. Mm-hmm. Katie. This was just. Looks gobsmacked. Yeah, she is. Gobsmacked is so the right word. Angry. <laughs> she, she like couldn't close her mouth. She said she was. Did she say she was shaking from anger? She's like, I hate this. Yeah. She she tried to stay very calm. Yeah. She's like, I really hate this. I really, she was like, I really thought that you would come out tonight and say, I wish I hadn't said that. It was an innocent thing to say. And I was guarding my heart, but I wish I hadn't said it in that exact way. But instead, you're saying this other thing and lying about what I said, and I'm confused. It seems like a really dumb lie also. So yeah. I have to be honest. I found that so confusing that I fast-forwarded through that part. <laughs> because it was very I was like, what? I mean, first, here's the problem. I rewound first, and then I was like, god damn it. I can't even. I'm a smart woman, and I can't keep up with this. And I had to just, like, zoom past that part because it was inane. Also, it's like they just are Telling different versions of the same story and, like, we have no recording. We have no proof. I think it's likely – like, there, Katie doesn't have anything to really lose or gain well, here. Yeah. So I I'm, tend to believe her. But I also think, like, who cares that if they talked about winning the show, like, just admit it and say – and move on. Like, it, it really is an innocent – it sounds like an innocent conversation to me. I have some feedback for the producers of The Bachelor, mm-hmm. other than that they shouldn't troll Khloe Kardashian because that seems like a bad idea. Um, so Solid when people advice. are accusing each other of the talking and who said what, why are we not seeing some raw footage? Because they do not tape during tr- in transportation. Yeah, they don't tape. Yeah. So a lot this is not the first time that a conversation no. about two con- between two contestants about possibly becoming the lead after the season ends w- occurred in a van during transport and then was sort of reported on by an mm. unfriendly contestant who overheard. That also happened was that 
Uh, was that Des's season? That sounds maybe. It sounds remember. familiar. I mean, and also the crystal stuff happened in a van. Right. The oh, not crystal. Peter. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think, understandably, the contestants are aware that they can say things that they wouldn't want on tape or they can be right. a little more candid when they're, like, on a plane or on right. a, in a van. Or you've heard before about, like, oh, she was, like, gave her number to a guy at the airport when we were on our way to an international yes. date. It's like they're not, like, really filming you in the airport. Except for their, like, stock footage of everyone being like, oh, my God, we're, we're just- here. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that always happens. Um, so I don't know why people continue to feel like it's this great loophole because there's always someone else there who's willing to right. sell them out. Um, but I also think that the show has leaned into the, like, almost the lack of confirmation because it's more beneficial for them to just have women in conflict with each other than to have continuity. You know, yeah. the way that, like, a Bravo show would. Like, yes, they would yeah. play, a, you know, they would play that footage over and over and over again. Right. And it's better for them. It's better for them if we're all unsure. Exactly. Who's to blame. Um, and, but, it, like, the thing is that people are really lining up against Kaylin here. So, Kerpa says Kaylin also told her on the phone that it happened the way Katie said. Which makes it sound like Kaylin got on the phone with a bunch of people and we're like, yeah, I said it. I did. I definitely said it. And I'll admit it, too. And then she gets on camera and is like, nope, I never said that. Nope. (laughs) Why would she do that? It's very weird. Um, Then this is when Jane pipes up. Oh, Jane, who are you? Why are you there? Please, I hope you're not on Paradise. None of them know who you are. Like, you're not part of this. Uh, Jane says, well, I think, Kaylin, I think you're classy and you weren't talking shit about other women. Kaylin's like probably like, who did. are you? But, like, she's not going to say no to some support. <laughs> um, and uh, she's like, thanks, Sarah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Kaylin is talking about how, you know, she was really in love with Colton and it was disgusting for Katie to say that she wasn't ready for marriage or to, like, presume to know that another woman was or wasn't ready for marriage. And Katie's like, well, I'm just saying, I heard you talk about what you wanted out of, you know, your life right now, and it was different from what marriage to Colton would look like. And Kerpa says she also heard about Kaylin sliding into other contestants' like, DMs, <gasps> which is, like, the perennial, like, she's not here for the right reasons what? revelation in the social media age. Um which, like, again, I'm sure they all do it. Like, Colton did yeah. it, too. So he and Kaylin actually have a lot in common. Uh, Chris asks Hannah to chime in. Uh, and she says that she remembers the bus conversation, and it was more what Katie said. But she doesn't want to get involved. <laughs> She's like, I will get involved, but I do not want to be involved. Right. And then Jane, hi, Jane, why are you still here, says, well, of course you would side with Katie. And Hannah's like, Jane, why are you? <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? What are you doing? <laughs> um, and and it's just like, well, I'm just saying, like, obviously, obviously you would side with her and not with Kaylin. Like, obviously, of course. Like, that's it's like just inviting a viewer of the show. <laughs> Like, I mean, that is as much, like, Jane we, knows as much as we do yes. about what took place. Guys, that is literally what the back, this is what Batch in Paradise needs to do. They need one super fan. They've done it. They have. When? Not, like, Pat, Bachelor Pad era. Bachelor Pad, they brought fans on, and it was terrible. Oh. 
They yeah. should bring me on as a consulting producer. I really feel like I could make magic here. Interesting. What was bad about it? I'm curious. Like, uh, it was just because like, it does seem like it could spice. It, it, it was. It right? wasn't compelling. Like, it uh. just wasn't compelling. And everyone was sort of like, "Why are these people here?" Like, it just. But here's, it messed up the the dynamic, right. and none of the people they cast were like interesting enough right. to make it work. I don't know. It's yeah. like, but it's like. All of the contestants who are on always act like they've never watched The Bachelor. I mean, they don't understand the premise of the show or understand mm-hmm. what to expect. I think that's what, they what I could think's the do best. is they could have fans come on and like give give advice, be like consultants of to, to them, rather than like be on the same in the same role as the. I would like to see more more of an integration, like the way we started to see celebrity fans more and more being included. Yeah, they show up on dates, they give like marriage advice, uh, etc. But yeah, I don't. Uh, also, remember when uh, Ashley I's sister came on Paradise and yeah. was such a dud. <gasps> like I forgot. That's about the thing that. when they make when they <laughs> just bring random that. people on. As new contestants, when they haven't built, right. they've had no history with the franchise. I don't think it. Really I think works. there's probably too much of a a clear divide. Like everyone else knows what they're doing and is right. comfortable with the produ- producers and knows how to be on camera, and you're the only one who's brand new. Yeah, I just don't think it works. It's yeah. a weird dynamic. Uh, and in another way, like every season is just a bunch of Bachelor super fans. Well, at this point, yes. Um, although they often pretend they're not. They're like, what do you mean? It's a competition. <laughs> um, and then Chris asks Hannah more specifically about her age-old drama with Kaylin. And Hannah has clearly, like, practiced her response to this. She says, we're like oil and water. We just don't mix. We don't get along. But I don't want to get into the details of what happened because we've moved past it. And we don't have to be, like, friends, but we can support each other. And Kaylin agrees. Um and Chris is very impressed. And, and then we get to move on. Bachelor detente. It's yeah. just such a great lesson in, like, there is a way to completely shut conflict down if you want that. Yeah. yeah stop talking. Yeah. Yeah. Say, like, we're moving on. And we're then good. they have to move on. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with a lot more about last night's Women Tell All with Alyssa. If you want to bring coziness into your life, uh, and I mean, who doesn't, (laughs) turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially right now, because the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite Lux home blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Dressing head-to-toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. And their products make the perfect gifts, too. I would certainly love to be given something from Barefoot Dreams. I just acquired the robe, and it is like the softest robe I have ever put on my body. It's so cozy. It's so warm. It's beautiful. It has a nice drape and weight to it. I wear it whenever I have the opportunity. I just want to wear it constantly. And I think everyone should have that kind of comfort and coziness in their lives. For Love to See It with Emma and Claire listeners, you can get 15% off of your first purchase at barefootdreams.com. 
with the code LTSI15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life. And I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some pretty delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, high Tyler Cameron, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. Plus, they're dedicated to really thoughtful craftsmanship that honestly stands the test of time and looks good doing it. Article offers fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. Plus, they won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time and they'll send you updates every step of the way. I have long been an article girly, like every room of my house my house, my apartment, <laughs> you can see article furniture in. Most recently, we updated our balcony, you know, just in time. It's finally balcony season yes. again, finally warming up in New York. And I have been out there with my coffee, sitting in the toady beach sand dining chair, which is a great little lounger for a small space. Again, New York City apartment. And uh, it just really like elevates our deck. That and the ottoman we bought to go with it. So comfortable, so chic. Also can withstand a whole lot of rain. So important. 
Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on top of sale prices. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, as they should, because it's very important. If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Wow, that is really fast. Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning link... Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for three weeks, and it was so helpful just kind of giving me back the basic understanding of French, allowing me to interact with people in restaurants, in shops, and, you know, just not make a total fool of myself when in a foreign country. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. Uh, and then we get into the Cougar Club. And I am definitely in the Cougar Club yeah. already. I don't need to get into it, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Sorry, guys. That was uh, Demi is very <laughs> insistent that she did not coin the term. The she's right. Older women. Yeah, she didn't coin the she term. She did up with it. But she's saying that basically the the twenty seven and older women, older quote unquote, already called themselves the Cougar Club. But like, I feel do you feel that that's the kind of thing that you could joke about yourself, but perhaps wouldn't want someone else like lording over you, right? Right. If you are with a pal and you're in a room and you're like, I don't know, 31 and everyone else is 23 and you'd be like, ha ha, I guess we're the kooks. I don't want the 23 year old exactly. talking behind my back being like, bitch is a cougar. Because, you know, yeah. it's not said in a nicer, no, funnier no, 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 no. or Especially ironic she way. She keeps calling them desperate. Yeah. Like these desperate cougars are like stinking up the mansion. Yeah. I was like, OK, so this is you're not in on this joke. Uh <laughs> And so Courtney says, well, you were saying it to shame them. And Demi says, shut up. I'm not talking to you right oh, now. Oh, God. And then thus begins the most painful back and forth. Don't and know about you guys. I was always told I could not say shut up growing up. Yes. Yeah. So the shut up is tough. I still have a visceral response yes. to it. Like, the shut you up are, was hard. You are grounded. Shut up man. and you are stupid are two things that you do the not S-words. say. The yeah. S words. Oh, the no. My, my parents house. were very, yeah, you cannot say shut up. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I'll say it, like, jokingly, and I'll still have this feeling of, like, a shiver all over my body. Like, <laughs> See, I have transgressed. I have done wrong. <laughs> and I keep it at, oh, shut it. Not shut up. Right. Shut no, it. that's good. Yeah, it's dumb, it feels but more it's play- okay. It feels more playful. 
Um, it's hard for Shut Up to not, and Demi clearly means it to be really nasty. And this is the first point where I was sort of, you know, Courtney could have not said anything, but everything Demi said was not only wrong, but like really kind of cruel. And so I was confused that the energy and applause of the audience was behind Demi. So I'm going to tell you why. Is it because she's blonde? No. It is, though. No. It's largely because she's blonde. I can't blonde. stand. Nobody can see this, but I have gray hair that I dye brown, okay? I'm not, like, pro-team blonde. There was something about the fact that the show was so not entertaining up to that point <laughs> that it was just, rah, 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 that, like, for some reason when she got going and she had a couple good zingers, I was like, I tuned in, okay? I perked up. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. And I know you don't agree with me, but when she apologized for the cancer remark and went straight to saying, you're not cancer, you're bed bugs, I howled. I'm sorry I did. I thought it was really funny. I just, I hated it. <laughs> she hated has it. an entertainment to her cruelty, but, like, my, I, I just have a visceral, like, I and, and I think Claire feels this, too. Like, when the the mood of the audience is so supportive and especially just like when I see it these like petite blonde white women just attacking a black woman and everyone's cheering like I just right. react no I agree with it. that I agree with that I'm oh. it was it made my skin crawl and not because of the bed bug remark but it did not help <laughs> um I mean, let's be clear. They were both behaving very poorly. And Courtney kind of ramps up to a really bad conclusion. Let's just stipulate there was no aspirational behavior last night. No. No. Uh, There was no one that I was like, that's my new role model, which usually (laughs) there is. Uh, So Demi at this point says that her definition, or not even her definition, but anyone who dates someone younger than them is classified as a cougar. Obviously, she only means women. Because she never says this about Colton, who's dating a lot of 23-year-olds. Oh, no. Mm. It's only about women, obviously. Uh, Anyone younger than them at all. At all. Wow. Uh, And then she says, you know, I was one of the youngest girls, big personality. I was a target, and I was just clapping back. I I feel like there is this, like, running confusion about whether, you know— young women and older women uh, face the same kind or equivalent levels of discrimination on this show. And I kind of, it was just getting on my nerves. I was like, do you really think you were targeted because you were one of nine 23-year-olds that Colton found really hot and desirable? No, it's no. actually like a real testament to her self-esteem. Yeah. That she, <laughs> let's just talk. I mean, it's not even self-esteem. She's definitely in hubris territory. Yeah. But she's just like, I am so hot, so young, so blonde, so cruel that they, of course, targeted me because I was going to win. Right, exactly. Which, like, she definitely was not She ever was going never going to win. Going to ever. Win. She mean, was the entertaining... And I think mean she girl. did. She did know that. Eventually. She leaned into that character, uh, but she also, you know, had this sensitive side to her that she—that's—it's again real whiplash for me when we went. Wait, from, like, remind me what was her sensitive to, side again? Uh, oh, her mom. Her mom. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that I mean, you know, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm saying Mom's real in federal real prison whiplash. Yeah. Is yeah. She now she's now out of federal. Yeah, prison? she just yes. got out. Yes. Um, Good luck. It's also worth noting that I feel like. We heard a slight hint that Courtney had had kind of a difficult childhood, and she then that was just like never really explored. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Right, like she talked about how she had to be mature because yeah. she had so many young relatives that she was expected to yes. help care for. Not that she was like 
you know, we didn't hear any detailed, like, tales of trauma, but that she clearly felt like she had had a lot of responsibility on her shoulders from yeah. a young age. Um, but Demi is the one that we hear a lot about. Um, and uh, Tracy sort of complains about how Demi was taking the, the fun in the house to an annoying level, like, splashing Colton and Tracy when they were having serious conversations. How was she supposed to know it was a serious conversation? How was she supposed to know? <laughs> Uh, and then uh, Courtney's like, it doesn't matter if you knew. I'm like, it sort of matters. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, I mean, who is having a serious conversation in a pool? I mean, I don't know. Maybe they do, but I, I kind of see her point. Maybe they were, like, by the pool? Or maybe mm. it was the pool party. Oh, the I'm trying to remember party. when they were by the pool. doesn't matter. Uh, so uh, Demi complains about how Courtney asked her to tone down her personality, which she would never do for anyone. Ever. Ever. You don't turn the volume down. No. Not even for a single moment. No. Doesn't matter. Like, church, funeral. (laughs) Doesn't matter. Demi's gonna Demi. Oh, that girl at a funeral. So help us. Don't want to think about it. Uh, So... Uh, Chris asked Demi about how she, you know, encouraged Courtney to get time with Colton in Singapore. And Nina. So magnanimous. So, so, so kind. Generous. She really just cared about Courtney. And (laughs) Nina starts saying, well, chiming in, you know, maybe you regret how you spent your time with Colton, don't you think? And, uh, Whenever this topic comes up, Courtney just shuts down. (laughs) Like, she doesn't seem to want to talk about why she never talked to Colton. Why did she? I mean, I'm sure the producer, like, you have to be given the green light to talk to Colton by a producer. You can't just run and get him. So. Really? I don't know. I feel like she would have said that. No, she wouldn't have. She would not have blamed production. Mm. Mm. They're under contract. Maybe she'll speak out. Yeah, I want I want to hear her her you know notes. Yeah, up I mean I also think she Twitter. probably wasn't very assertive right. about it. It's probably a combination. Um, and uh, so now Demi gets to come to the hot seat. This is our first hot seat of the episode. And I feel like we've been talking forever. <laughs> uh, so uh, we see her montage. By the time the montage is over, and uh, we're reminded. Uh, and I'd already forgotten that she had a very emotional exit where she basically told him she was falling in love I with love him. I love you. When she, as she came to his room, not during a date, to tell him that. And then he immediately sent her home. And, and that was the most I enjoyed her when she was, like, crying and, and vulnerable. Yeah. So we cut back to her in the hot seat. She's verklempt. She's like, I have a hard child and being vulnerable is very hard for me. And seeing myself being vulnerable makes me emotional. It's hard to watch herself suffer, as I'm sure we can all relate to. <laughs> also, how many times do we have to listen to people about it's hard to be vulnerable? Again, why go on the show? What do you think you're going to do? Well, show up like a brick wall and someone's going to be like, let me marry you. It's also like everyone says it like it's hard for me to be vulnerable. It's right. like the it's word vulnerable. For everyone else. Claire. Vulnerable in itself implies. Difficult. Uh, yes. Difficult. Revelatory. It, it, yes. it applies. Like, it, it implies that you are being left exposed to, to pain or damage. That's what the word is. Right. That is inherently a scary thing. Yeah. Uh, everyone feels like they're unique in that. Uh, and then she says she's very confident in her sexuality. She embraces it. It's 2019. She's promiscuous. Sorry, Dad. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> I mean, you know, get down. Get I down mean, with yourself. Yeah. Um, no shame. 
oh, God, you know, that really is foretelling her bachelor in paradise status. Oh, yeah. <sighs> yeah. I mean, but like, you know, we we're a pretty sex positive podcast here. So, uh, yeah. You it, hook up with whoever you want to hook up with, dummy. Totally. I mean, it's uh, the way that they talk about it sometimes. It's like so performative. Like, yeah. I'm just a hot little blonde who loves sex that like that starts to get on my nerves. There's totally nothing wrong with enjoying sex. Uh, and uh, Chris brings up the questions about her maturity level. And she's like, I know who I am and I'll be that way forever. And that's what maturity really is. <laughs> hmm. That's hmm. not evolution. I mean, if mm. I was who I was at 23. Well, right. That's maturity. We, well, whoa. <laughs> whoa. That's mature. Like, have you changed since then? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds oh, immature. I'd yeah. say I'm it's a just... better person, making better decisions <laughs> with better friends. No, can't do that. I mean. Uh, Not better. Different I, friends. I Sorry. guess if you stay the same the rest of your life after you reach 23, in a way, you have fully, mature, fully matured by 23 because – your maturity process has right. literally stopped. <laughs> but I don't know if that's, like, a good thing. No, <laughs> Your I mean, brain is still developing. Correct. That's the thing. Like, perhaps having life experiences, whatever those experiences are, shapes you. And that's a good thing because you have more information to process, more things that you've gone through. And that's just literally a fact of the passage of time. Yeah. When you have lived more years on this earth, you have live more years on this earth and experience things. And that is to acknowledge that is not to devalue the perspectives of young people and specifically young women, because that happens all the time. But it's also not offensive to young women to point out that people mature as they get older. Like I am 31 right now. I hope in 10 years that I have gained maturity and wisdom and life experiences. God, and I that's really okay. So I... If I'm still like this in 10 years, yeah. I'm going to be really upset. No, let me tell you guys something. So last night I did an event with Valerie Jarrett where she – Casual. Former <laughs> former Obama uh, White House senior advisor. And she in front of the entire room of women was like, Alyssa, I'm going to tell them the email you sent me two years ago. And I was like, I knew exactly what she said. I said, okay, girl, you can just do it. Just do it. And it was an email where I apologized to her. I was 41 years old when I sent the email. I apologized to her for acting a bit insane sometimes when we were working in the White House together. That, like, I knew (laughs) I was younger and that I didn't handle things the best way that I could sometimes. But, like, guys, Demi, girl. Aspire to greater. Like, evolve. Constantly aspire to greater. Um, so she also sort of addresses with Tracy the question of whether she was actually just too immature to get married. Uh, Tracy feels like maybe the wearing a robe all the time thing was an indication that she wasn't really serious. And Demi's like, no, I really wanted to marry Colton by the end. Okay. That's what I wanted. And Tracy wouldn't understand because she left a few weeks earlier. (laughs) Tracy's like, excuse me, one week. Let the record reflect that it was one week earlier. Thank you. Uh, Chris asked Demi about her mom. Uh, She said she was embarrassed. She was scared to tell Colton because his family is so perfect. But he responded really well. That is something that Colton did pretty well with. Yeah. Uh, And she says she talks to her mom on FaceTime every day. They both live in Texas but not close together. And her mom is happier than she's ever been. She loves Demi so much. She's proud of her. She's proud of how Demi did on the show. Um, 
it was just a beautiful story of uh, a mom and a daughter who support each other unconditionally. And I mean, I feel a e true story coming on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure Demi would love that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we got another shot of Colton soaping up in the Naturally. shower, really working up a lather. They did pre-film those, right? Yes. Had to. Okay. Yes. Uh, and then I thought so. I just wanted to check. I mean, we can't be positive. <laughs> we can't be right. positive, but I'm going to I was just like, say, what if you didn't pre-film it and then Colton he like looked slipped very and dry like, when he came out. Getting his, <laughs> Do you want to know? So here was the one telltale. He seemed more tan in, at the show than he did in the shower. Oh, my God. And someone... Uh, pointed out on Twitter, uh, and I, I wish I could remember who it was, that he had clearly gotten a spray tan and yes. then shaved. Because it was all messed up. It was, so it was all like his jawline was like pale and the rest of him was orange. Not to be a smaller petty person. <laughs> what was wrong with his tie? Did you guys notice it? Everything about him looked no, a little I bit No, I was askew. confused by his hair. Okay, but we'll get, we'll get to that all right. first. Pin. Okay. Nicole yes. is in the hot seat. And Chris immediately is like, here's some tissues because you cry a lot. Uh, she she loves it. She's, she's like, I crier. do cry a lot. Is this where we get that, like, mashup of her crying about a lot of things and all of the women being like, that girl cries day and night. Yes. <laughs> uh, he asks if she's always emotional if it was just the environment. And she says both. Her mom is a psychiatrist. She was always taught to show emotion. I mean, uh, not a bad thing. Crying is not a bad thing. I want to say that again. I agree. Guys, I love, I love to cry. I love yeah. crying. Okay, it's like you cry, you move on, it's fine. It's actually yeah. very healthy. But I actually felt like she was using it as a tool. Interesting. I don't believe, so here's the thing, and I have written about this, so I'm on the record. <laughs> I believe in showing your emotions and crying when the spirit moves you. I don't believe in manipulative crying because it gives all other crying a bad name. And I feel like she manipulatively cried in some of the episodes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. There's a fine line. I don't know fine how line. to manipulatively cry. I just like, I can't, I can't make myself cry. No, it just I just Sometimes cry. it happens at a time that seems manipulative. <sighs> That's not my choice. It just happens. You have to be a special kind of person to have <laughs> the ability to manipulatively cry, and I think she does. See, I always feel nervous that someone's going to think I am manipulatively crying, so I feel the need to be like, I'm not that upset right now. I'm just crying, and I cannot help it. Like, I just, I yeah. cry very Some easily. Some of us have very shallow tear ducts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, she doesn't actually really cry during no. her time in the hot seat. She talks about her twin brother uh, who has autism. She says she's his best friend and his only friend, which That's I found on Severe. Yes. Um, I And that kind of worried me. But she clearly loves him very much. Uh, she talks about wanting to make her family proud. Um, and then they wheel out a special gift for her, a Halo Top cart. <laughs> She is getting a year's supply of Halo Top. I mean, I just so don't everyone. understand why I don't get gifted ice cream when I cry on my couch. Well, like, you tried. It's... Emma was out here tagging every ice cream maker <laughs> on Twitter last night. I know. Our standards, I was like, Emma, you're a journalist. Our standards editor was like, Emma, I'm like, it's just a joke, Vic. Don't yeah, it's worry. a joke until they start sending you shiploads of ice cream. Yeah, and then you have I mean, to like send them back ice cream and it's awkward. And I'll be like, I'm not writing an article about 16 handles. But also, how about Chris being like, this is my Oprah moment. No, you're never Oprah. It's not your moment. Don't ever utter her name again. Sorry. Yeah, get the new Oprah. Her name out of your mouth. Forever. 
So everyone's getting Halo Top. Colton is eating Halo Top in the shower, Ugh. which, as we discussed, is gross, horrifying. Made me gave me a stomach ache that persisted until I went to sleep. Um, and I just want to say personally that if I were Nicole, and after all of this, what I got was like calorie free ice cream instead of Haagen Dazs, I would feel cheap. Ben and Jerry's, give me Ben and Jerry's. Exactly. Ben and Jerry's. Even you know what? Ugh. Even Briars. You know, yeah, yeah. I'd say Brian's. Milk cream sugar, that's fine. Yeah. But I mean, Halo Top is. Like, I can't help but feel like there's a little bit of like, eat some ice cream, girl, but don't gain too much weight. Yeah, if he's you like want to be in paradise. I'm going to look cute on paradise. <laughs> totally. Um, <laughs> next up in the hot seat is Hannah B. Uh, Hannah B was uh, like interesting to me. She's getting a lot of Bachelorette buzz now, and she was very poised and didn't get a bad edit last night. But I didn't really see her getting a bachelorette at it either because she didn't sell to me that she was heartbroken by Colton. She wasn't heartbroken enough. Yeah. Right. Like she didn't have to me – She like what's her narrative at this point? Well, this is the well, problem. She didn't really have one and the story she told us last night – was that she was this new and improved person, and she wanted to... Okay, hold on. I almost <laughs> forgot about this part. Hannah B. must have said 30 times she wanted to love fiercely. Oh, And yes. she said it so many times that I realized... I'm like, what am I thinking? What am I thinking? Do you remember when Carrie Bradshaw broke up yes! with Alexander Petrovsky? Yes. And yes. the diamond necklace comes off and she's got the, the diamonds in her boobs and she's cupping them and she's like, I want to love with my whole heart. Yes. Okay, that's not first <laughs> yes. of all. I was like, did she is she old enough no, to have ever I watched don't that? Think so. Well, to all the women over 35 I'm who's, sure she, everyone's watched sex in the well, same. I hope so. I mean, but I that was it in real time. I watched was it later. Nearly verbatim. Uh, Sex in the City, I think final episode I was 15 years ago this week. Love. Yes. Re- yeah. Also, all was when consu- she left all the consuming love. Yes. I I love when she left. Love it. I love it. You can't stop me. When she left, went during her exit, I had the same thought. And also, this a third thing that is giving me the same uh, feeling is Cory Booker (laughs) talking about love. He's always saying very similar things that are very Carrie Bradshaw. Like we have to have wild, impractical, like just love for our country. (laughs) Understand (laughs) what I'm going to do with that on Twitter because that's. (laughs) Genius, and it's gonna happen. It's just all coming together, and I'm sure he'll be down with it. I, I mean, yeah. I would love to see him do a campaign ad that's just like Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> oh, guys, it's gonna on the happen. Um, no, it's, he's like in, his chief of staff is calling SJP right now. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I don't do that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> Stella she Artois. just did it. Yeah, I was gonna say, she just, but she's breaking. She no longer wants a Cosmo. She wants a Stella. Yeah. Which is funny because I had a Cosmo last night because that's still how I celebrate. (laughs) (laughs) We learned it from Carrie Bradshaw and we will never stop. Uh, Her book party episode. Love. Love the cupcakes. Samantha had her her facial peel. Remember she had the veil on? And then she goes and gets uh, gray papaya. With burger. No, no, with a with with limo, limo driver. driver. <laughs> that was awesome. This Remember? is a Sex in the City podcast. Yeah. Now. <laughs> Just saying sorry, and Burger couldn't handle the truth. <laughs> now we're into a few good men. Oh, my God. Uh, so, yes, Hannah B. is whipping out. Like, that is kind of her selling point, I guess, as her pitch for The Bachelorette is not really that she is devastated and doesn't feel lovable or how can she come back from heartbreak. It's I'm the girl 
who wants the Carrie Bradshaw storyline, who wants to be loved, uh, you know, completely and all-consumingly and fiercely. She seemed to be leaning into her initial, like, faltering steps on the show by saying that she grew up with a very, very, very intense pressure to be perfect, perfect, to conform to this model in which you date a guy from your hometown, you get married right away after school, and you start popping out babies. She's spitting sp- them out. Spitting out babies. Spitting them out babies. Spitting out babies. Spitting spitting out babies. Out babies. Uh, that's how, um, they, that's that how she, they come. She wanted yeah. more for herself, more like being the bachelor. Well, so here's the thing. <laughs> She's talking about like the pageant background in her childhood and the pressure to be perfect and how hard it was to feel like you need to put forward what people want to see. And that is what she very clearly and like kind of abruptly learned how to do on The Bachelor. So she's talking <laughs> about how she overcame that urge, but really what we're seeing is that after a really rough start, she very like suddenly snapped into Bachelor uh pageantry like she learned how to present herself as what was expected from her on the bachelor and last night was her master class in that she's like i know how to act like a bachelorette now see and i felt her story last night her whole vibe where demi to me is an e-true hollywood story I felt Hannah Beast was really sort of coasting into Lifetime TV for women. Like, there's, like, a movie there, per, you know, Too Perfect to Belong or yes. something like that. Yes. You know? Like, that she's going to tell her pageant story. And I just, I feel it. You guys, you wait for it. Yeah. I mean, it is also, like, it's such a classic rom-com trope of, like, yes. the girl who's, like, a little too uptight to, like, relax into love, but she wants it so desperately. Well, here's the cautionary tale. She should watch Dumplin', because if she's not <laughs> careful, she's going to end up as Jennifer Aniston in Dumplin'. Oh, no. Uh, I haven't watched that yet. Oh, it's so it good. you got to so watch it. Um, so she uh, gets a chance for a do-over for one of her least pageant-perfect moments of the season. Her toast. Her toast. Her toast. Uh, she was cute I'm, during this. I'm with her. This was yeah. cute. The toasting is stupid. I mean, toasting is stupid, is but like, it's so easy to just be like, say anything. To a you know what? Date getting to know Almost you. Almost a nod to any authenticity she may have, because it's like, could you guys just imagine you're there and you're like, cheers to us tonight? I mean, I would vomit in my mouth. Uh, well, yeah, that's why I, mean, I wouldn't yes. go on this show. But I do. Yeah, it makes me feel like she has adjusted to this certain context. But I, it does make me feel like she doesn't know how to go off script. And right. When you're carrying a show, she's going to have to try but, out new scripts a lot. And I feel like I still don't really know if she can do it. Did, didn't you feel – here was I – did, I did have a bit of a belly laugh when at the end <laughs> she gets to gets the end of her toast and she's like, roll tide. Yes. I thought that was good. Yeah. That was good. The no, whole, that, that whole was very season charming. would just be an ad for Alabama. <laughs> totally. I mean, I'm not totally opposed to it. I find her a little bit, like, weird and charming. I did love how she start, she started, like, stretching and yeah, yeah, like she clearly I, has a fun side to her. Yeah. I was like watching between my fingers like a horror movie because I thought her boobies were going to pop out of um, her dress. That dress, that was a great dress. It was a great dress, oh. but it is a risky dress. Yes. In terms I mean, of her like, she had lots of tape if on, she in, sneezed, in place, unlike yeah. Tasha's. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> she gives her extremely, extremely long too, rambling toast that she I, clearly I no rehearsed. Uh, and then uh, Kaylin gets to come to the hot seat. Uh, we rewatch the breakup. When we return, Kaylin is in tears. Um, she says, you know, it's hard to articulate basically the feeling of not being picked, not being loved back. 
And but rewatching the show has reassured her that there was love there and it wasn't all in her head, which is something we've heard before from people who have gotten dumped on the show. Um, he well, told must her be a real mind fuck. I get that. Yeah, and he told her during the hometown that he loved her family so much. Sometimes I do feel like they say these things, and I'm like, oh, you really read into something that he thought was like a pleasantry. But it's also, like, I love your family. You, that's all They're you great. have. Well, exactly. Like I get, I get how you would do that, and that is what you would hang on to. Like that, I feel like again, that's why I would be a fucking nightmare on this right. show. No, I totally get it. It's just when she says it like that, you're like, oh, honey. I know. Like, Oh, honey, have you never watched the show before? Yeah. I mean, it's so – it must be so miserable. Um, and uh, she uh, is shaking, much like Colton. Um, and Chris then brings up her story of sexual assault and the reaction that that had from the viewership. He hopes that she feels the love and appreciation. Um and she sort of talks about how it felt right to tell Colton about it in the moment. And now she has a lot of people sharing their stories with her every Which day. I'm sure it's extremely emotionally taxing <laughs> right. and overwhelming. Yeah. Um, but she says, you know, this is a larger conversation and a movement. It's not a hashtag. It's not one conversation on The Bachelor, which is I true. I really yeah. liked that she said Me that. Me too. Like, yeah. whatever feelings you have about Kaylin, I do think that she... Like, this was handled really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that they separated it yeah. from yes, her other, like, more messy storylines and were like, this is still a valid thing. Right. And let's give this the attention it deserves. And I appreciated that she – because I, I, there's a tendency um, to personalize things so much that you lose sight of, like, what the messaging – on a larger scale around whatever these contestants are talking about might be. And I like that Kaylin acknowledged that really directly and was like, this goes outside of this room, outside of my story. There are all these other stories. This is right. this is a movement. <clears throat> I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, I just realized that I think we did not talk about Courtney shoving a pacifier in Demi's mouth. Ugh. Did we talk about No, that? we didn't. <laughs> but we did. We sort of referenced it, but like when we talked about oh, yeah. her committing light assault. Let's uh, just say it was really it was tacky. It was terrible. Yeah. Tacky. And not just good. Unacceptable to like physically touch someone like that. Also, like if a producer tells you to do, don't do that. Don't do it's it. It's a terrible idea. You will not come off well. It, yeah. Just because here's the problem that took a lot of effort. Yeah. Right. You know? It's like uncool. It's, yeah. It was clearly planned, and it also was unacceptable. And poorly executed, to be honest. I mean, like, yeah, it was. But, like, also, what's a good execution of that? Like, it's just never going to go I don't know. Well. Just don't do it. Uh, don't Maybe do it. if she had done, like, the, the pacifier lollipop ring or something. I don't know. Yeah, but what you need is something that's sort of, like, witty and cutting. But right. But you don't have to, like— Shove, shove the person, but also you don't need them to like accept it. Like if you walked over and were like, "I got you this pacifier," they can just not take it, and right. that's awkward. And she threw it. You need them to not have to react in any particular way for it right. to work, right. and you also need to not assault them. So, like a lot of room for improvement. Uh, anyway, returning, <laughs> returning to our current point in the the episode. Uh, time for Colton to come out. He. Uh, as we discussed, has a kind of weird look going on. His hair it's was weird. much darker. It was his darker. hair was darker. He was darker. His suit was ill-fitting. His tie was too skinny. <laughs> it was like it was like Looney Tunes or something. It was weird. 
And he did, his hair was like, I think had been trimmed and brushed But styled very oddly. I was confused. You guys, it was very George Clooney second season of ER. Like (laughs) post-Caesar cut, but when he was like bringing it back. See, they agree with me. (laughs) (laughs) Nick and Sarah are laughing really hard. Um, So, I mean, like, it feels, someone tweeted that he was covering his hairline and that's why it looked weird. It does seem like maybe he wanted to cover his receding. Well, temples. why doesn't he it just didn't get work. Propecia or something? And also, it doesn't. Well, fun fact: uh, that only works for bald spots. Oh, no kidding! Not for like receding. But like, I I think receding hair at the temples is not a bad look. It's fine. It's I like, actually, of all the things I ever noticed about Colton, a receding hairline's not one. No, right. not at all. Like, I was never like, if he just covered up those two bits of temple no. there. And the result is that he actually looks awkward and young, like a child. He did look young. He's been shoved into a suit yes. to be like the ring bearer. Ring bearer! That's exactly <laughs> what I said at home! <laughs> yeah. Where's Poor his Colton. pillow? Yeah, and he had the spray tan situation going on. Uh, it was just rough. But, like, the the thing is he's, like, so attractive, like, a big hunk of, like, man that he can kind of get away with it. A little bit. But it was jarring. But can I say, he's cute and all. Do you look at him and you're like, that's my husband? Not me. Well, he's not me. I'm but, like. Just saying. He is <laughs> not my type in the least. No. Yeah. There's just something about him that doesn't say. I feel like he just has a lot to still work out. Yeah. We come back to him in, like, 10 years, and he's, like, gone to Yeah. He's seen things. He's seen some things. <laughs> he's still, he still feels very, like, a floppy puppy. Uh, so he uh, sits down with Chris and makes a joke about running away again. But he won't. This part also made me realize, I mean, we knew this happened, but they're, like, spoiling that he's going to. Kind of Clearly he's going to come back. That he's going to get back in the fold. Yes. Spoilers. It was a spoiler. Um, and Chris jokes about that, but, like, it actually is kind of a spoiler. <laughs> you started, you left us on this big cliffhanger of, like, we literally lost Colton and he's already back. Um, Demi uh, raises her hand um, to, to talk to Colton and she says which I think is actually astute that she now realizes that he was looking to lead someone and she was leading him. And so she knows why she wasn't the one for him. Mm. And also she wants to introduce him to someone he's never talked to before, Courtney. That was cruel. It was so so unnecessary and and mean and dumb. Like, stop. That was so where I told you guys, I really in the beginning was like, oh, Demi's like fun. She's bringing some one-liners. I was like, girl, check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> Quit like, all your head. Yeah, and then, so bad. But Courtney had the response that we all, that is literally the only way to shut something down. Steely silence. Yeah. She just completely. I'm glad she didn't she react did not to it. Yeah. And uh, Colton obviously has no idea what's yeah, going on. Yeah, he's like, so, what? And do we think that's true? I feel like, one, obvi he was watching backstage. I think he's like, I absolutely think. And that's why I think that it was like, he was just like, milk a what? Like, I didn't. (laughs) He's like, what is this? I must have missed something. He was busy in the shower eating Halo Top. He doesn't know what's going on. Toweling off. (laughs) Uh, Then Kaylin uh, brings up uh, how she didn't really get closure. She wants to know how he knew it wasn't her because she felt it all the way until the moment he sent her home. And he says, the last rose ceremony was the hardest. It was no secret our relationship was special. 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 Uh, we felt safety with each other. 
I had nothing to say at our breakup and I felt terrible. I couldn't give you closure and I don't know if I could say anything now that will. And she was just like shrug emoji. Yeah, she was like literally what? She's like, wait, are you kidding me? (laughs) Throw me a bone. She's like, you've had months to think about this. Just something. I really can't believe he couldn't come up with anything. Like you can literally just be like, I, in the end, felt more strongly for someone else. And I I knew I didn't want to, like, keep you there and and end up disappointing you. There are lots of things you could say that don't, like, give a reason per se, but that still allow more closure than, I don't know. He's like, got no closure for you. Ah, what a jerk. Uh, So... Also, the stuff about how this is the hardest rose ceremony. Every rose ceremony is the hardest rose Again, ceremony. The it point just of the keeps show. getting harder until the end. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> um, so, Kaylin says, well, I guess it just comes down to I loved him and he didn't love me. That sucks. Aww. That's it. Yeah, that was true and sad. Sad. Yeah. Um, and then Hannah B uh, talks. Again, she doesn't seem that... Uh, She's not. I don't think she's, she's playing it not. like she She says she was. that getting her heart broken sucked. I think she, getting rejected But sucked. she metamorphosized. Yeah. What I'm saying is that she is kind of like presenting a narrative in which she was deeply heartbroken, but it's not like it's coming clear off. she was not. It's clear yeah. that she right. was not. She's smiling. She's, she's like, retroactively heartbroken. Right. Right. And she's like, I, you know, basically is like, why did you bring me to meet your family if you were going to send me it's home? It's part of the show. And then and then she's, like, actually not even asking that. She's like, well, why did you do that? And then she's like, well, but then again, I guess you have to do it the way that is necessary for you. And, like, it sucked to get my heart broken, but I grew as a person. I hope you're happy and that someone chooses you every day and that you choose her back. And I hope that you and I are cool. And I hope it's, I hope it's Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> I mean, she's just, she like— She talks herself in and out yeah. of so many questions and then it's just, like— that was my statement. That was it. And then Colton's like, that wasn't a question, but, like, here's a statement, right. I guess. <laughs> and it's like, I basically could have done things better as Bachelor, but I'm learning. Um, so they have a nice, uh, neat resolution to their relationship. And then we get to the sexual innuendo portion. Sydney brings up... The weed whacking comment. Well, doesn't that was very say it. uncomfortable. They it should have edited that out. Super weird. Yeah. She's like, Are you still a virgin? And he sidesteps the question and is like, But wait, what does whack my weeds really right, mean? She's like, I know you're not the best with sexual innuendo, so I'm gonna ask this really clearly. And that clearly yeah. reminds him of the sexual innuendo. That he that did he not missed. understand. And she's like, I can't say that on TV. But let me re-ask you the virgin question in a bunch of new sexual innuendos. And like, he has anyone picked your flower? Did you plant any seeds? Plant the seeds. And he's like, it's literally not what it means. It's I hope not. <laughs> Honestly, like it's a little early for that. Yeah. And he's like, well, listen, it's really snowy in Denver. The ground is frozen. And Chris is like, oh my god, like I need Chris to stop. Like, stop, stop, stop. And stop. next week, <laughs> um. And then just polls the women to see if they think he's <laughs> Is still Colton a virgin. Is Colton a virgin? Okay, moving much. on, moving on. Uh, Demi's like, you missed out on a fantasy suite with me. And Colton's like, whoa, whoa, what? Like, it's a, like, She's like, weird all concept. this, like rubbing herself. <laughs> like, okay, we, we get it. Like, he clearly knew what would be in store. Like, every single time they hung out together was like a little sexual prelude. She, yes. <laughs> um, so then we have bloopers, uh, which is where we learn that Colton says nailed it all the time. All the time. 
It was the only funny, real, real funny thing about the bloopers. <laughs> the bloopers weren't that funny. No, I mean, I have, I feel like they have incorporated a few more bloopery things into the season this year. Yeah, which I like. Uh, didn't it made the bloopers themselves feel less, less critical to the lightheartedness of the season. Um, but that was the main takeaway. Yes, that Colton loves saying nailed it. Um, and then we get like a nine minute long teaser for next week. Uh, like I'm what's excited. left? I'm I'm very excited. I can't wait because yeah. I want to relive the Blair Witch Project running through the dark scene. I mean, I've yes. never seen anything. It was very Blair Witch Project. And and Chris is like, and he went into the Portuguese countryside, <laughs> and I was like, what? Okay, <laughs> he could still be there, except he's not. He's right here next to here. me. I yeah, just want to see really how they found the drama. him. Did they find him at a bodega? Like, I just can't wait to see how it all went. We down. see him like kind of coming up to a. It looked like a producer, like a female producer, and, and like hugging her. Yeah. So we do see, we see like snippets of what is clearly kind of them reuniting with him, but it's not and totally to clear calm down. what the like breakdown of that. I is. I hope that he like tried to check himself into another hotel. Like, next. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like literally was on the lamb. Like right. was like I'm out. I mean, wow. I'm I've like, never he, been so again, aware of the have... fact that The Bachelor is basically kidnapping. Yeah. <laughs> like, they have no rights. He had to jump a fence to escape. Right. I'm, like, still wondering if he had Apple Pay or something on his phone. Because, yeah. like, what did he think he was totally. going to do? <laughs> we see some pre- previews of him talking to his dad and to Chris and Tasha and Hannah being like, I love Colton. I'm so ready to see what happens. Um this I didn't actually cry last like on Monday night. I heard that people found it very emotional, and I like found it emotional sort of objectively. But it was when we saw Colton crying and hugging the producer that I started crying. In that, so in that I clip. agree. You know, the yeah. problem is they they manipulated our emotions a little well, too long. Yeah, they needed to cut that convo in the cabana down by like five <laughs> minutes because now I, I started getting annoyed. I'm like, we get what's happening. Speed it up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, that's true. I feel like usually when I cry at The Bachelor, it's because of something that's like really just hits. Like right. Just yeah, happened. That's true. Not this like very like labored. Um, I don't know. I'm so confused. What do I do? Don't go, but I have to go. I mean, like, I get yeah. all that. Like, Because when they, when they get in the car is normally when I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> this time I was like, praise be, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> and it felt sort of like action movie. Like It was action I was like, movie-y. we're building up to him, like, going on the run. Whereas when you see him, like, returning to the arms of his, like, evil family, yes. The Bachelor, uh, that I found very emotional. I was like, he's too broken to even run. To even run. It was very he just emotional. Needed he needed to collect himself. Well, that's yeah. where I said I thought oh, he had... I was I- crying. <laughs> I'm not crying. No, that's where I thought he had <laughs> IBS. I'm like, he got so triggered that he had to run up to his room, go to the bathroom so that he could then run away. Yeah, and, like, get his, like, Car keys or whatever. Together, he yeah. <laughs> he was like, I need some Grab stuff. a banana, put it in his back pocket, <laughs> and just go for it. Uh, I was like running away from home as a five-year-old. It's like, what do I have that will be useful out in the real world? Exactly. A scarf, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, so I, I am excited, as as cruel as it sounds, to watch all this happen next week. Are you week. kidding? You guys, I'm West Coast, oh. and I've already—don't worry— don't worry. Wow. My book events out west will be done in time for me to evacuate quickly to the hotel so I can watch The Bachelor. I'm like, you got it. No, it's a real Look, thing. Priority. It's a real yes. thing. Yeah. 
You I can't th- miss the finale. No. I mean, I cannot. No. Yeah. Guys, don't worry. You can't can't ever change who you My are. My tweeting will down. just be on Pacific time. So nobody worry about me. I will be there. Yes. And this yeah, is... just go don't go on Twitter before or else you'll get no, spoiled. No, 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 yeah. no. Can't spoil. Can't yeah. spoil. Well, she'll be distracted, fortunately. Yeah. 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 Thanks. That's good. Oh, thanks to the book. And this is a good reminder uh that your new book is out now. Uh, everyone should check it out. So there here's are, the thing. So yes. here's the thing. Growing up, getting older, and trusting your gut. Thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell us just briefly a little yeah. bit about the book? And oh, so the it? book is. Uh, so when I did the first book, it was about sort of my, you know, how I got to be in the White House. Blah 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 blah. And this one (laughs) was feedback. I got a lot of feedback from the first book about topics that a lot of women considered sort of underserved. Mm. And so this book is a series of essays about some of those topics. Everything from finding the right underwear um, to— A real challenge. There are some—finding the the right underwear, how Jennifer Aniston got me through a very difficult time in my life, even though I don't know her. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And, yeah, so that's it. It's pretty—I will say— it's funny. It'll make you feel good. And I it's can't a quick wait to read, read it. Uh, we both have copies on our desk. Yes. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. And it's a re- there's a really cute cover where I want your pink blazer. Like, there's just, just a lot to dig into. Things. Thank yeah. you, guys. Yeah. And this Guys, is, women contain multitudes, okay? This is okay? arguably my favorite stop on book tour, so thank you. Oh, oh We are so you. honored. It's so wonderful to finally meet you in person. Yes. Guys, I'm, I'm your super fan. I mean, we're your super fans, so you it's guys. mutual. Oh, my God. Look Let's at get our own show. <laughs> Please come yeah, back come anytime. Back. Oh, you want to talk you're about never going to get rid of me. Good. Wait till Batch in Paradise. Oh, my gosh. Please <laughs> come back. Fame. I can't wait. It's going to be a great summer. Oh, so thank you again, and right, good guys. luck thank with you. the rest of your tour. Yeah. Thank you. So now it's time for Feminism Fails. Uh, I think we got into the nitty-gritty of the many feminism fails last night um, during our recap, so we don't need to, like, quite retread that. Yeah, but don't don't commit even <laughs> light pacifier-themed assault. That's Assault is always a five. Uh, don't be needlessly cruel to other women. Don't, you know, call women cougars pejoratively. Just... All of all of these things, uh, you know, one one giant women screaming over each other, five star feminism fail. Yeah, I'm tired after that episode. I'm so I've got tired. Nothing left. <laughs> and that's it for here to make friends. Thanks to our guest Alyssa Mastromonaco and to our producers Nick Offenberg and Sarah Patterson. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a moment of Colton Season Recaps. And of course, give us a five-star rating and review. Give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Here to Make Friends Pod. And you can also follow us individually on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Emma Lady Rose. And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And we'll be back next week for a glorious two-night finale. Hey, everybody, it's Rob Lowe here. If you haven't heard, 
I have a podcast that's called Literally with Rob Lowe. And basically it's conversations I've had that really make you feel like you're pulling up a chair at an intimate dinner between myself and people that I admire, like Aaron Sorkin or Tiffany Haddish, Demi Moore, Chris Pratt, Michael J. Fox. There are new episodes out every Thursday. So subscribe, please, and listen wherever you get your podcasts. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.